And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology. Here is today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, startups, uh, D2C, marketplaces, you name it. Today, I'm talking with Daniel James from Flight Performance. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Really excited to be chatting with you, man. Yeah, I'm super excited to chat it up. I think we're going to have a lot to share. I'm, I know you guys have had a um, a couple of moves recently, and we'll get into those, exactly what that looks like for you guys. But before we do, a shout out to uh, today's sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Daniel, coming from LA, I, I believe that's where you're at today. Um, I love getting to know just like your story before we get into just kind of everything that you've built and what you guys are doing and how you're working with brands today. Um, I know I personally didn't think of being an entrepreneur, a business owner in the marketing, uh, you know, in the marketing industry. And, and yet here I am. Um, where's your story begin? Yeah. Um, I, I don't have the, I don't have the lemonade stand at the age of two kind of entrepreneurship story, which, um, I don't know. Uh, it seems to be, if you don't have that story, are you even a real entrepreneur? I don't know. I don't um, know. I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I, um, I kind of got into marketing, somewhat by accident it wasn't something that i studied or anything like that um i was actually at music college uh so music was my first passion i was in a band um you know i wanted to be the next the next kurt cobain or or liam gallagher or or, or one of those um and this was back in early 2000s um you know okay. i had bit part jobs i worked in a sneaker store i worked at a rental car company i did uh tele sales which looking back, a lot of those things actually are quite beneficial, especially the telesales, like the 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 thousand no's for the one yes, mm -hmm. and then figuring out how to sell on the phone. I was selling like window, double glazing window appointments, um, you know, kind of kind of a sharky world, if I'm honest with you. But it, it taught me quite a lot. Um, and then through some fortuitous circumstances, um, you know, I... I had a MySpace page for my band at the time and it, MySpace was really new at, at the time. And uh, like I said, through some fortuitous circumstances, managed to get a job at MySpace in 2004, okay. um, I think it was. Um, so like really early in the world of digital and social. Um, and it was actually MySpace that they brought me out to LA uh, to meet kind of like the team out in LA. And I learned so much through the teams at MySpace about digital and marketing. And I just got completely hooked on this, the very simple idea of like a brand putting something onto the internet to drive a consumer action. Like I found that incredibly fascinating. Um, so I, I, you know, if I replay the story slightly, I'd say I, I was always into like marketing, right? Think about a band. I was always trying to sell the band, get gigs. Like a lot of it was marketing. Like album, I, album art, uh, the t-shirt designs. You know, I was in a, a, a metal, a hardcore band for four and a half years touring. Probably yeah. like mine was a little behind yours, maybe like uh, 07 to, to okay. 2011 or 2012, pretty heavy. Okay. But I, I relate the same thing kind of to my first attempt at a brand, my first attempt at like, you know, marketing myself and, you know, from we played 96 shows one year, we didn't have a manager. So like, you know, booking those shows, uh, yeah. you know, putting the albums together, the art, the MySpace top eight or whatever, you know, you had the other yeah. bands you were like co-marketing with or influencing with or touring with, you know, the flyers yeah. that we made for MySpace shows. Remember, like those flyers were really like, you know, the infographics or images that exist in e-commerce today. You know, we were putting like the the flyers were a work of art in some ways, like, you know, just yeah. getting, getting people like getting it done. Um, 
that's super cool. I, I, I definitely think of MySpace and sharing uh because facebook had just came out too uh or at least a little bit after and so it was really those flyers getting shared around that would be the difference in us having like good shows or not you know yeah yeah definitely no 100 percent agree so it's also quite interesting actually um i obviously have a really good network of people in marketing working at agencies i feel like we're an industry of failed musicians <laughs> there's a there's a lot of uh there's a lot of failed musicians running marketing companies and working in marketing companies <laughs> well i would say yes failed musicians but one we're still musicians okay number true, one true number two true. I, I could have kept going that way i just like got tired of being poor like you know i was like <laughs> doing it i don't know about you i was doing it i was you know touring and getting all those connections but i was just tired like i didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel when i yeah. saw really the business side of it I got a little less enamored with it. Like, you know, when I just really saw like what it's like at the top when you're just touring, tearing down, setting up and touring and like meeting these guys and girls that are like killing it, but not really killing it. I just kind of lost a little bit of the, the allure. Um, and also if you were to put me 10 years later, I think I'd be a very successful musician now, you know, as, uh, I, you know, I, I with Spotify with you. and YouTube and these things didn't exist. Like you had to go nah. play shows like you had to go yeah. play shows all over uh no 100%. that was a hard thing to do but if i could have worked my job and then recorded at night and then worked my job and recorded at night you know uh without having to hit the road like it might have looked way different as someone that understands marketing now you know i think you can be almost a solo artist and and you know get views all over the world without ever having gone there so oh a thousand yeah a thousand percent yeah that changed that right it changed a lot that that didn't exist back in our day, right? You had to sell CDs, right? There's yeah. no, there was no Spotify. You could upload stuff onto some like MySpace and stuff like that, but yeah, you you had to, you literally had to get fans one fan at a time by playing gigs. Um, so, yeah, these these days it's it's much. You had easier. to choose one song on your MySpace page, yeah. like. Everyone yeah. coming to your page got one song and that was your song to let them know who you were, what you're about. You know, you were like, yeah. you're choosing some yeah. heavy metal song or something that's like. I've, I've, I've actually thought about kind of re-releasing the band as if it's a new band, but just across digital and just marketing it. But then we wouldn't be able to play any gigs because my ex-band members, are, you know, live in England and all this sort of stuff. So, Well, there's, have, a band called, there's a band called Four Giants. Um, I'm obsessed with them uh f-o-r okay. giants and it's just two guys two engineers they live in different parts of the country and they just like write music online okay uh, it's metal it's like you know full a full band they never tour they've never toured and i'll probably never get to see them live but uh i mean i they love just, i love their stuff i just put it on it's instrumental metal you know so okay yeah. no vocals or anything but good stuff to work to you know and yeah, yeah. uh it's two guys that i'll never i know i'll never get to see perform live but like you know definitely one of my favorite artists so i don't know if that's yeah. any encouragement but okay there you uh, go it's maybe just changed today what people enjoy you know maybe i'll do it yeah maybe i'll do it um okay so okay so myspace brings you in you're like getting to know like the at the beginning early stages of like what digital marketing social marketing is looking like um yeah. how, how old were you then <laughs> Do, do I want to age myself? Roughly, <laughs> just like roughly. I want to kind of early know 20s. like, you know, early 20s, <laughs> early 20s. like coming down yeah, to yeah. LA. Where where did you live before that? So I, I moved, I, I lived in um, just outside of London. Um, so yeah, like coming to LA, I'd never been here before. Um, and it was actually like coming to LA with MySpace, like I was obsessed. I was obsessed with with a couple of things. I was obsessed with marketing and brands and branding and advertising. And then I fell in love with LA. And um, it was actually when I came in my early twenties with MySpace. I was like, one day, like the it kind of was the start of that aspiration to really have a solid career or build a business in marketing and live in Los Angeles. So um, along the way, I was always trying to engineer a, a full move. Um, tried and failed a couple of times it, it wasn't and isn't super easy to get visas and green cards and all this sort of stuff so mm-hmm. um yeah that came a little bit later in the journey but yeah myspace was a I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't think of a better company at a better time to be the launch pad of what's been the foundation of my kind of career which is digital social advertising um you know that that company at that time was kind of the explosion of everything um, and to your point you know, Facebook wasn't spoke about in the 
first year or something like that that I was there and then it started getting talked about and we started to see kind of like the impact Facebook was having um on kind of like daily users and, and stuff like this and I kind of say this about MySpace like I have such a place in my heart for MySpace and amazing people that I that worked there like super talented but just really cool people as well um MySpace did everything right and then Facebook stripped out that just one really easy bit of just an update. Um, and so MySpace, I mean, it still exists now, right? It's gone through quite a few evolutions, but it's it's a creative platform. It's a platform for creators, artists, bands, all that sort of stuff. And that's probably what it should have always been. Do you see what I mean? Um, but mm-hmm. it was the first, you know, first big like online social network where the average person could write an update and their friends could view it. Uh, but it was complicated. You had to customize your page. You had to do this. You had to do that. So you had to move your top you know, friends like, around. You know, like yeah, yeah, you had exactly. to like custom code the background skins and stuff. You know. Yeah, exactly. So I eventually left MySpace and went to AOL. Um, again, another behemoth in the world of uh, digital. Um, so I was working across their owned and operated properties as well as their performance network. Um, Again, great company. Um, I came over to LA with them a couple of times as well. Actually tried and applied for a job in LA with AOL. Got the job, but then uh, they didn't support the visa process. Um, so uh, my, my first attempt at, at moving to, to LA properly. But again, AOL taught me a lot because, um, you know, the, the owner-operated properties was a very similar thing to MySpace. It's a, it's a website, it's a, you know, platform that you own. But then I started to really understand the performance network side of things. Um, and it's actually funny, the evolution, because my next move was to a company called Turn after AOL, which did, um, you know, it was a, a marketing media, but also technology platform. So it was a DSP and a DMP. So demand side platform, uh, data management platform for anyone who doesn't know. So it's it's the marketing strategy, the media strategy, but also the technology that would power things like programmatic, CTV, all these things, which... Um, were really quite new at the time. Um, and so when I look at those moves from MySpace, one of the catalysts to leaving was Facebook, right? So the real explosion of like the the broad, just social communication kind of platforms. And then AOL, the thing that really started to chip into AOL's success was programmatic because that was coming up as like efficiencies and we can do this at scale. So the performance network side of things started to struggle. Um, and then turn... Um, was you know really all in on kind of the strategy but media buying through these programmatic channels we did social and digital and again like ctv digital out of home which were really new at the time um you know i remember selling a connected tv campaign into toyota and it's like it's seamless we can do this and in in the background it's like spinning plates trying to stitch things together to make any sense of the of the reporting or you know was oh, it yeah, attribution like, was not a thing. Yeah. No, no, exactly. The, the technology and the theory existed, but it was very early, right? So, um, you know, obviously now it's advanced quite significantly. And then with Term, um, they are the company actually that I moved out to San Francisco originally with um, to work on, um, on the U.S. brands. Um, and so that was about 10 years ago now I moved to the U.S. Um, so lived in San Francisco where their head offices were based um, didn't love it in San Francisco, I'll be honest. Um, and then made the move down to LA about a year later. Um, and was really fortunate again, amazing team, uh, work with brands like Toyota, uh, Kraft, Lexus, Disney, um, and some of the really big agency groups and access to their brands as well. So I, again, like really good exposure to really big and exciting brands as well as some smaller brands, um, you know, overseeing all their digital social connected TV, um, all of this. And it was at that time when I eventually got my green card, I was like, you know, I was, I was leading strategy across these brands, leading teams. Um, and I was just getting, I was getting disillusioned with a couple of things. One being part of a, cause turn got acquired by a company called Amobi and okay. it's big company. Everything felt slow, right? Everything. And, and I was like a go getting strategy. Let's make shit happen. Kind of guy. Um, so that started to really frustrate me. And then on the other side, it's, you know, I'm going into, um, discuss digital and social strategy for a brand like Toyota. 
and the fragmentation of, you know, they've got, a, they've got 10 different creative agencies. They've got a, 10 different agencies for their paid. They've got 10 different agencies for this. The brand and the performance teams don't talk to each other. Like yep. the, the fragmentation of that world, I, like it just baffled me. Like I was like, as you go up market, it's, you know, let's stop there just for a second because I want to add a little color. Like <clears throat> that's something even that I'm, that we've been going through the last couple of years in our agency now is, um, you know, generally our bread and butter being like medium sized retailers, you know, like 10 million plus, uh, you know, but 10 to 50 million or something like, you know, and that's, yeah. that's big for a lot of people, um, all the way down to $1 million businesses, you know, trying to work with us. Like that would be where we're at. And then having, you know, the opportunity to work with like um, the Nestle's of the world, some very large brands that have like, you know, or working with an agency that has 50 brands underneath it. And those 50 could be big, just completely different relationship, um, communication style, understanding what's happening behind the scenes. I mean, the, the content team and the branding team don't even talk to the ads or the, the media buying team. Um, their enemies in some ways, you know, not talking about any of them specifically, but just like in general, like these are, they're all fighting for different budgets at a company. Um, and you know, they're all just like competing and they're, they're trying to fight for like, you know, internally, they're trying to fight internally. And well, if you know anything about Amazon, uh, on Amazon, the, the SEO, the advertising, the PPC, the content, the branding, they all work together on this platform. Mm -hmm. Like they're 100% hand in hand, like oh, you're trying to advertise on pre-workout. Let me see if, or you're trying to like rank for pre-workout in SEO. Let me see if it rank, let me see if how it does in PPC. Okay, let's take these results and see what happens. And um, so you're like very much working like with the written team and the the branding team and the PPC team on an Amazon business. But you yeah. go up market, you work with these teams that are like not so small or they don't have those types of conversations. And it's like, I mean, it's very hard to win. And if you're like a kind of guerrilla warfare, like, Let's try this let's try this let's try this it can be very cumbersome um and just hard to win so like if you know just like a, an attorney or a, a lawyer will say i don't want to take that case i don't think i'm going to win sometimes mm -hmm. working with the brands uh you know they can be too big where i'm just like look i don't think we're going to find success here if these are the metrics and this is how we're going to do it you know and, and that yeah. can be something that's maybe never crossed someone's mind to be like look this company is literally too big to win with this strategy uh, like with how fast everything's moving, um, you know, if you're going to hold me to those, I don't think we win. So, I, I mean, I can talk about that forever, but I just wanted to add a little color, like, um, very much is the difference. So like as a career person, you were getting like, you know, to a, a better job, bigger brands, better job, bigger brands, better job, bigger brands, and then getting disillusioned by being like, now that I'm here, these people don't have a clue up here. What's going on? Like, I want to be doing the stuff that's like, you know, current, I want to be the best e-commerce manager I can be. Like I want to be the best, yeah. the best advertising guy. And I'm literally having to go through red tape, like these other smaller brands, at least on Amazon, we've been able to win with small brands all day long because they're willing to try the different strategies we're implementing and, and yeah. move fast and the yeah. bigger companies are slow. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and you, you mentioned it there, like it's misaligned incentives within your, within the, within the brand's own company and then the agencies, right? What, you, what, you're, what you're trying to do, and I don't mean bad intentions, just misaligned incentives, but what you're trying to do is, well, I, I look after this piece of the pie. I'm only focused on that. I need to secure my budget, showcase why I'm the thing that's driving um, the ROI and kind of fuck everything else. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. It, it shouldn't work like that. And it, 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 to, it, it's still wild to me that that's how most of these big companies are set up where everything is fragmented and um and they so, yeah, want yeah, those yeah. companies like kind of they're set up to where they're like we want this department to speak for why they're worth the budget and we want this department to say why they're worth it and then you have you start creating all this competition internally yeah um which makes no yeah. sense no exactly exactly so you're totally right this kind of disillusion with with that side and just just this overwhelming sense of like this could be done so much better. Um, and that was the really, that, that was really the tipping off point for, for starting mint, um, in, in 2019 is, you know, I, I want to work with brands on a different scale, right. But what I want to build is a, is a team whereby everything is interconnected. Right. And we focus on performance marketing. Like we exist 
to drive revenue, like profitable, scalable, sustainable revenue. But that is brand, that is performance, that is all the different aspects. It interconnects. Um, and so that, yeah, that was the tipping off point um, for my entrepreneurship journey, which, like I said, you know, I loved the companies I worked at. I worked with incredibly smart people. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily pursuing this idea throughout throughout my 20s or early 30s of like, I'm definitely going to go and do that. I loved what I did. Like I had so much opportunity, had so much fun, traveled a lot, worked with amazing brands, amazing people. Um, so really the it, it wasn't like this desire to be an entrepreneur. It was actually a desire to, uh, well, an awesome in the end it was, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Um, and that so happened that, well, to do that, I'm going to start my own company because I don't see anybody else doing it. <laughs> and, and I think as well, having moved to LA, um, you know, meeting the people that I'd met, I, I, I started to get to know local brand owners. Um, and also, you know, I'm a Brit, if you can't tell from the accent, uh, not Australian, living in England. England's like phenomenal place, great talent over there. But LA did bring out this sense of you can do whatever you want kind of thing. I, I question sometimes if I'd stayed in England, whether I would have done that. Um, mm. You know, I think it's it's a very powerful thing that American culture has and LA culture has of, you know, there is that can do anything mindset. Do you see what I mean? Yep. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of that kind of thinking. So those, those those couple of things happening and where I was in my life and the move to America definitely was a big catalyst for that. Um, so yes, yeah, started Mint um, 2019 um, with with that vision of having a, a true kind of integrated omni-channel. We don't do Amazon, by the way. It's the one thing we don't do, Amazon and SEO, because th- there's specialties around that. But we really focus on, um, you know, performance marketing across brand. Um, so we do influencer, UGC ads, paid social, paid search, all the, all the kind of paid media channels, and then email, SMS, conversion rate optimization. So it's kind of that acquisition retention flywheel that we have like our products and services really wrapped around. Um, no, I love I it. And it, it. We spend a lot of time learning that side as well. Like as an agency now that's going on nine years old, um, I've got a plethora of brands that I own as well that we're building, um, Mm. you know, percentage owners in or different things like that. And the off Amazon side is a really big part of it. If, if we're getting paid for Amazon to grow a brand on Amazon, and it used to be more so that someone built a brand just for Amazon. And now it's more like, this is a channel of what you're building overall. And, uh, you know, how's it tie in if you're running great Facebook ads and, or TikTok and Facebook and Instagram retargeting it and, you know, getting them into your email list and doing all these types of things, how many of that percentage is coming to Amazon? They're yeah. doing it right. So it's just a matter of like, are we capturing them when they get there? Are we double paying on ads to get them there? Uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it makes your Facebook marketing look better when you're actually getting the attribution right on the Amazon side, because then it's you know, a third of it or a fourth of it is ending up on Amazon to buy and um, all of those things. So spend a ton of time understanding uh, how to essentially plug a marketplace and what's happening there into the rest of the ecosystem. But like what you're doing well off of what we call off Amazon, that same ecosystem exists in Amazon. Uh, That's one of the main differences is that the marketplaces kind of have everything in there from from email to the media buying to SEO and the, in the listings and the content to uh, now they've got Amazon live and Amazon posts and Amazon uh, inspire, I think, which is like TikTok. So they're trying to make a lot of it native here, but it's the same principles, just like, you know, how they exist over here, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so no, it's, it's something that at the beginning, you're right. It was everyone in their own bucket. And so doing what I did was like, you know, arguing with Facebook ads guys, a brand is hiring me and I'm trying to work on the same, trying to be on the same team on the same page. Um, yeah. and being like, look, attribution might not be there, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. And so if you yeah. have the ability to, you know, anyway, I can, yeah. I digress cause I can talk about it forever. Uh, but no understanding, you know, what are all of the little dials that you can turn on with a brand? You know, there's so many, uh, really that when yeah. it comes down to it. Yeah, there definitely is, you know, and, and yeah, to, to reemphasize the point, it's, there's, there's so many and it's, it's all interconnected. 
and my philosophy to marketing is always, you know, it's, it's, it's consumer first. Like, let's not forget what we're trying to do. You know, we get so wrapped up in as, as marketers. What we wanted to do. Like the tools, the platforms, the data, like super important stuff. Don't get me wrong. Right. But the person you're trying to sell your stuff to doesn't give a shit about any of that. They're living their lives and they go on Amazon to do their shopping and they go on Facebook to chat to their mom and they go on Instagram to like pictures and TikTok to watch. They're not think consumer first, the platforms, the tools, everything else is like, that's, that's their tools for us to use. And I think we get very insular as marketers and I see it all the time. It's like, don't get me wrong. You need to be a specialist. If you're running paid ads, you need to know as much as you can know about how to maximize that algorithm. Right. But broad speaking, I, th I think we become too insular of the channels and how we think as, as marketers in terms of the platforms, the tactics, the stuff. And we don't think enough, or maybe, maybe that's wrong. We should always be thinking first and foremost, the consumer, right? How do we capture attention? If, if you, if not, you, not enough emotional thinking as marketers and, and more logic, like, you know, we're, yeah. we're just so dialed into the data and attribution trail and, and the media that we're showing the content that we're showing instead of like, how does this make them feel? You know? Yeah. Yeah. How does it make them feel? Um, like tweaking your messaging accordingly and, and, you know, I mean, attribution, you mentioned it. I don't know if we want to go off, off on that tangent, like attribution never has, never will be perfect. Right. It's actually interesting to me, um, you know, post iOS 14, we lost it, obviously lost a ton of data. Um, Amazon's always been difficult when it's like, they're the black box of data. I know it's improving at the moment. I'd actually be keen to get your thoughts on some of that stuff. Um, but it's like, we have more tools available to us now than we ever have. Collectively, we have more data. It might not all be going into Facebook like it used to, but was it accurate then? Like if I think back to 2004, five, six, like early two thousands in, in marketing, um, we have more collective data available to us now than, than we did to make decisions. But I think always thinking consumer centric is, is super important. Um, to round out the story piece, by the way, Mint, um, cause I know we mentioned this before we started recording, but Mint actually just got acquired, um, today. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we're now flight performance. So, um, the, the company that acquired us is, um, founded by Stephen Bartlett and Oliver Yonchev. Uh, so Stephen Bartlett, founded social chain agency in the UK. He sold and exited from that business um, and co-founded Flight Story with Oliver Yonchev, who was an MD of social chain. He grew the US business. Um, they now run a company called Flight Story, which is a, a, a marketing media comms agency group. Um, they have a, a content studio team. They have a press, um, I, should, I should say we now, as of today, we. Um, there's a PR agency, um, a web three agency, and now ours as a performance agency. Um, and as we're on a podcast, if anyone is into podcasts, Stephen runs the podcast diary of a CEO, um, which is massive. I think one of the world's biggest. I've definitely seen uh, it. Like I've, I consume that one. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not all over the place, but he has a great podcast. Yeah. His, po his podcast is incredible. I, I recently launched one called bite sized and you know, when I'm talking to Steve, who runs, I think the the biggest podcast in Europe, and it's not far from being the biggest. I don't want to get his data wrong. And my little podcast that I'm showing in my my very small metrics, and <laughs> he's got a team of thirty around him just to just to manage the podcast. Um, but yeah, so it's an incredibly big day for us as well. Um, just we share the same philosophies on marketing and building teams and agency culture and, and everything else. So. That's kind of we've 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 jagged off, but that's my story from where no, I started. No, I absolutely love it, and and what a compliment or an accomplishment, you know, to be acquired by um, founders that have created great companies before, you know. So I think who the team you join is is equally as as amazing. Um, before I go into some of the, the next part here, I got some questions for you. Shout out again to our sponsor. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io 
to learn more. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about the difference in um, performance marketing and growth marketing. Can you can you break that down as if like you're not talking to uh, you know another marketer and really like to anyone listening like we hear these terms kind of turned around. You've mentioned performance marketing several times, um, but to someone that might not 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 know, today's title is how to dominate your growth marketing strategy, and we're talking about. Um, you know, flight performance being a performance-based agency. What are, what are kind of the difference in these two things? Are they the same thing? How do they work together? How do you think about that as a brand? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, actually. Um, I mean, first and foremost, performance, right? The, the way I think about performance. Um, performance is, is I mean, I, I don't know the, the dictionary or like uh, classification of it, but the way we think about it is performance is producing a result, right? That, that result doesn't, I think in the world of performance marketing, and yes, it's a big part of what we do. It's very linked to that sale, right? And that's true. Like our job is to, is to grow a brand's revenue and grow it profitably and sustainably, but performance can also be brand awareness. It can also be, just see what I mean? So performance for me, or the way we think about being performance marketers is we try to elicit a result off the back of what we're doing um, for our brands. Uh, so that's kind of my philosophy on take of how I think about performance and why we're, you know, flight performance. Um, we're trying to drive outcomes, like business outcomes for the brands that we're working with. I think the way I would think about growth and performance marketing you know, I, I don't, I don't know the two get thrown around kind of interconnected and I'm probably guilty of doing that. I would say it's a bit of a mindset thing, right? And I, if I, if I think about agency overall, there's agencies who deliver services and there's growth performance agencies who are hyper-focused on delivering outcomes, right? So I think growth and performance are probably very interlinked in terms of what they are. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily true, like growth agencies, typically their mindset is kind of like holistic growth. You see a lot of like uh, growth CMOs or kind of like fractional growth CMOs is it's the holistic growth plan, right? Whereas a performance team could just be your Facebook performance team be or your Google of that. performance team, right? So, you know, I think a couple of things there, like you've got agencies that are we deliver a service for you, right? And I think that's a lot of the incumbent big agencies. They're not hyper-focused on performance and growth, even if they say they are. I've worked with them. Um, not to say they're not good at what they do, right? They, they, they fit the need for what they have and there's, there's great people there. But for me, growth is that omni-channel, integrated, holistic, how do we grow your brand? And then for me, performance is, well, it's, it's any aspect of driving an outcome for your business. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I think it makes sense to anyone listening too. just understanding like, okay, you're looking for growth. Uh, what performance agency or what, what, you know, who, who are going to work with to grow that area, right? That yeah. specific area. Um, yeah. So let's go, you know, and I think one thing that, that Daniel was saying um, is the performance could be sales, but it also could be brand awareness. It could be impressions. It could be email signups. It could be newsletter signups. It could be um, subscribing on a YouTube button. It could be, you know, any number of things as far as the outcome, um, yeah. you know, that you're wanting. And I think a lot of times when, when brands get, you know, um, upset working with an agency or with a team, uh, let's say that like both teams are actually working. One of them's not ghosting or something, but like, let's say that they're working together and they're not happy with it. A lot of times is around communication around what those performance uh, indicators were. Um, yeah. You know, so a lot of it just comes down to not being able to speak to some of the things that we're doing and getting on the same page and really being dialed into like what those performance things are. You know, a, a smaller brand is very much focused on sales and ROI and direct ROAS and am I spending a dollar to make 10 and the bigger brands have a completely different aspect on it. And they're like, look, I'm just here to make friends. Like, you know, I don't really need them to buy from me. They're like, I just want people to know who I am. I just want people to like think positively about our brand or think positively about me. And I'm just throwing this party because I want everyone to have a good time. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making an analogy here, but like, you know, the bigger brands that have the budget and the, and the dollars are thinking in that way. And the smaller brands are thinking like, I need like, you know, people to walk in and buy. 
Um, yeah. And so it really comes down to communication, I think, around these topics. It, it, def- it, it definitely does. And it, but it also, it's, it's that kind of catch 22, right? Of like, you're a smaller brand, you need sales to be able to continue as a brand. But, you're, but to, to do that, you don't have a big audience. So what you're having to do is annihilate a small pool of people with very low funnel activity, right? So trying to justify to a smaller brand, like the benefit of building brand awareness. And I'm not saying like to run, I'm not talking tactics in an ad platform here of like traffic campaigns. I'm I'm talking just conceptually from a marketing standpoint, you need people to know about you to have any chance of someone buying from you, right? And so you have to think that through in terms of, of, in terms of your, marketing strategies your creative your executions um but smaller brands don't like to do that because some of those tactics aren't as immediate roi driving right but that's that's where a lot of people get stuck and you know as as a performance agency you know i think we've been really successful in unlocking that um helpfully but it, it is about the communication it is about and it goes back to that integrated aspect, right? If you're, if you're building awareness and intent, but not harnessing it down to sales, what's the point? <laughs> do you, mm-hmm. you have to do the two in tandem. Um, so it's like smaller brands struggle with that. Then the bigger brands have to be doing that. It's, it's a little bit easier because they've got their revenue machine. But again, they should be looking at, well, how is that informing? You know, if you're a bigger brand and you're doing brand awareness, um, kind of like, big kind of like partnership stuff or brand awareness activity and whatever else community building. There's lots of different buckets of it, but you're still doing it to ultimately get more customers. Sale. Yeah. Like anyone who says they're not is lying. Right? You don't just yeah. do it just to be nice. Um, it's like, so it's how, uh, it's, how do you harness it? Silly analogy. I like to relate it. A lot of what we do in business and marketing to dating and uh, you know, <clears throat> thinking about like it's all good and gravy you go on a date with a girl uh you know go on date one day two day three they're getting to know who you are they're getting to know they're aware of you they like you know what your your style is they know what your like you know food preferences are maybe after a couple of dates um but every guy knows that you can only go like you know three four or five dates without making a move and you're going to be in the friend zone and you're never you're never going to get the kiss right or whatever so yeah um same thing on the other side that's like eventually you have to go for that sale so it's one thing to be known and be seen and like you know get a chance to get the customers but at one point the point of all of it is to is to get the kiss you know so or in that way to be known and and see if it's a fit so yeah i think that's where um a lot of times when you get that big big top of funnel brand awareness you're spending a ton of time on those things like in digital has made it easier than ever um but then like okay so like what are we actually doing with that traffic what are we actually like what is our intent behind that is it to grow subscribe and save numbers on amazon is it to get a bunch of you know get our first viral post as an agency is it to drive sales i think at the end of the day it's always to drive sales um and for me it's been a very confusing thing like 10 years ago when i was freelancing as an e-commerce manager i was working with adidas and suiza and some of these european brands um, that had massive agencies. I was just getting white labeled behind one of them to do Amazon, you know, back yeah. in the day. And I just, I mean, it blew my mind because I'm someone that's a band guy that can exist on like no money on the road on tour. Like, you know, that's how I can run a budget. I'm a simple guy. I don't need a lot of material items. So I'm always, always good with my money. I always manage my money correctly, like, you know, um, efficiently. And to be behind some of these big agencies, these big companies and see that like, well, they didn't really care about ROI or ROAS. They really just wanted, they wanted awareness on the platform uh, and they needed to spend a hundred thousand dollars a month in December, or they were going to lose that budget next yeah. year. And my mind was like blown because uh-huh. I'm just like, well, 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 I could, you know, get the same amount of sales with $20,000. Like yeah. I'm seeing so many inefficiencies. Let me like tweak it. Let me fix this. Why would we waste $80,000? Why would we do that? Well, you know, yeah. And um, it was just like they cared. Their performance was that they cared about eyeballs. They need to spend the money. They need. They cared about impressions and clicks and eyeballs. The sales was like an after effect. And I remember just being kind of humbled in that moment when like I had put all this information together and kind of made a presentation about what I thought was going on. And they simply were just like, well, we just don't really care about sales. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was a little silly, but at the same time, just like an eye opener to a new marketer of like, you know, yeah. there's different goals that people have out there, uh, you know, better or yeah. worse as a brand. Yeah. One, how do I communicate better what I think they should be doing Two, understanding that not everyone operates like a small brand and you just have to think a little bit differently if you're trying to work with an Adidas yeah. of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Been, been in those exact same situations. Um, okay. So question for you, like, we're talking about growth marketing, we're talking about performance marketing, like what are some, uh, you know, what are some actionable advice or insights you can give to like a newer brand um, that's that's trying to come up with like a growth strategy, like growth marketing? What are some actionable things they can do to kind of be better? Yeah. Um, I mean, from a growth strategy standpoint, I think it's really, it, it's a lot about knowing your numbers, right? knowing knowing your margins knowing your customer acquisition costs ltv i know there's a lot of conversation about the right metrics to to look at uh contribution margin all these things um i think if if it's a newer brand right the 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 place to start and the thing that will have the biggest impact is 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 two things like i always think about foundation first right website email sms right before you turn taps on for paid and start trying tra- driving traffic and stuff, you know, really think through your brand positioning. What does your website say? Is it easy to buy from? Is it very clear against the the desired kind of consumer or customer? Is it very clear what you're providing, right? Um, then having the right email, SMS, the subscriber stuff. So when you do acquire customers, you know, I've got this phrase of like never, never paying for a customer twice, right? Once you've got them, how are you building loyalty? How are you looking to retain them? Um, and then from there, like you look at influencers pay kind of the acquisition outward marketing side of things. Um, it's all about the creative. It's all about the creative and creative is dictated by your product, um, your positioning, but also who's your target consumer. Um, you know, it's, it's like, if I'm a fashion brand, well, everyone wears clothes, so everyone. I'm a food brand, well, everyone eats, so it's everyone. And, and I think you have to break it down into um, into these personas because that dictates your creative, which then gives you a platform for creative testing, right? So I think know who you're going after from a consumer standpoint. Use that to inform your creative strategy for when you are looking to work with influencers, when you're looking to build ads and run paid um, but initially it's really making sure the foundation's in a, in a, in a good place. Um, you know, I think that's great I'll, advice. I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go back to something we mentioned, um, in terms of like the brand awareness piece. I, I also think there's a difference and I, there's, there's, maybe this is a, a hot take, but it's like, there's, I'm a fan of building brands, but there's, there's, you know, and people say, oh, you don't need, who cares about building a brand unless you're 20 million? I think you're building a brand from day one, unless yeah. maybe you're a utility. And actually that's where, that's where you can get into, if, if, if I'm, I don't know, um, just a, a, a functional utility um, in people's lives, that's very different than selling a lifestyle brand or something else. So depending on the type of brand you are or, or product you're selling, like a wastebasket or something, you know, exactly. that's like, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of a good example. I was going to say like knives, a Dyson I fan. Know. I think of a fan, right? Like Dyson is a brand known in fans. Like, you know, it's a, it's a thing in your house that cools you down, but we know of the higher end ones. We think of them like, you know, yeah. Dyson fan is like the high end. Uh, but I don't, there's not a, a, a trash can or a wastebasket brand that comes to mind. There isn't yeah. one that exists. There might, there might be an opening, um, you but you know, it's just a utility thing. There, it's, yeah. it, it serves a purpose. It's, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I think based on, based on your product, what you're selling, um, it, it might differ, but yeah, foundations first, creative, really understand who your target consumer is. Um, if you don't have at least two or three variations of your target consumer, I think you're just being too broad. You're being too broad with your messaging. And these days with the way that platforms do work, it's going to be really, it's going to be quite difficult to know what's working and not because you're not giving yourself parameters. You, you, want, lo- you want losing creative because it showcases the, the, the winning creative, right? Like that's what you want early on. 
Um, and that's like a concept that we talk to our clients about, like we create a test and the losers are really beneficial. It tells us what not to do. It's like, it's like narrowing the funnel down, right? Mm -hmm. Any brand when they're starting, they're going to do, they're going to do a lot of things that don't work. You can fast track that by working with teams. Like I'm sure if a brand comes to you on Amazon, you can fast track their learning because you've got so much retained learnings. We can fast track brands learnings across Facebook, Google, email, influencers, all those learnings, but you're still going to have to do some stuff that doesn't work. We're going to save you some learning, some of the learning curve. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll, you'll shorten that learning curve pretty aggressively. Um, but yeah, that, that, that would be my starting. No, I think that's amazing. And on the advertising side, you know, it's a big part of what we do on Amazon uh, for brands. Sure, there's the setup and there's the operations. And we literally help them with supply chain, getting the products prepped right, priced right, uh, you know, the right bags, uh, the right keywords and listings. Uh, but the PPC and the advertising, which is really direct response marketing where someone types in you know men's black hoodie size large and men's black hoodies that are large should show up right it's like yeah. exactly what they're typing in it's not like what's the best hood what are the top trending urban hoodies for men like that's a, that's a google query you know or something yeah. like that or a pinterest but like on amazon it's men's black hoodie or flight story hoodie for example the one you're wearing you're going to type that in directly to find it um yeah. <clears throat> but you know when we start out with a brand let's say they've got 20 different SKUs are starting with 20 different designs. Uh, each of those might have a hundred, 200, a thousand keywords that we're starting with, you know, and we're starting with these broad buckets and, you know, two months in that thousand has gone down to a hundred, you know, we, we remove 900 bad ideas, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it just gets better as you go. You start getting it dialed in. Uh, sometimes even you you type in men's black, large hoodie, and it's exactly what you're selling and people are clicking on it and not buying. Well, what's that yeah. telling you? What's going on? Is it your price point? Is it your images? Is it the model? Is it, um, you know, the reviews yeah. on it? Like, you know, something else is going on. So the no's and the fails uh, teach us just as much as, as the ones that are doing well yeah. and converting. So very similar yeah. process, even if it's, uh, you know, kind of visual versus direct response, it, it, they, they definitely have an impact in the failure to the, the no's teach you as much as the yeses. A hundred percent. Yeah. One, one of the worst questions, um, and I understand it, but one of the worst questions, a a brand can ask, can ask me is when do we stop testing as if it's like, okay, we'll test for a little bit. Then we're done testing. We just, it's always, you know, you're always looking to, to pit things against each other to see what, what elevates and what, what doesn't. And, and you just no, minimize the impact of the stuff that doesn't, right? Like, obviously, you're not going to run things that aren't, but always, always be testing. I, I honestly, I, I speak on Amazon a bit, and that's something that almost always comes out of my mouth at some point or another is that, like, at least Amazon, this is a testing platform. If you don't have the stomach for testing, trying new things, uh, trying the new things that Amazon comes out with, posts or live or Amazon Inspire or... Uh, trying the attribution or trying uh, let's try this photo versus this photo we switch out photos all the time or trying different keywords okay we got these 10 keywords ranking these two aren't doing well let's switch them out let's try something else if you don't have a stomach for that like it's not the platform for you this isn't the game yeah. for you this is yeah. you know you're not you're definitely you're asking me not to win immediately uh yeah. you know and so um i think that's something very good that you shared uh as we're rounding up on time i love that in the show like with a little bit of personal, just a, a personal question. One is just like, I know obviously um, you got, you got acquired today and, and are now flight performance, but I love asking like, what's something that you're working on this year that you're really excited about? And that could be like, perhaps what's going to happen next with, you know, joining a bigger team and things like that. But what's something in the business that you're excited about you're working on? And then what's something as Daniel, the man, uh, you know, the human being and living in LA, what's something that you're focused on this year that you're working on that you're excited about? Yeah. Um, start, so I'll start with Daniel, the person. Um, I mean, lots, but I think what, one of my, one of my big goals is, is putting out more content, doing things like this. Um, like I said, I just launched my own podcast like a month ago, bite size, talking to brands, um, it, that the whole concept is to provide actionable, actionable things that people listening can apply into their businesses today. Right. Um, so 
doing bite size, doing more podcasts, um, more speaking events and putting more content out. You know, I've, I've been working in this industry since 2004. I was at MySpace, AOL Turn, worked with some huge brands, grown an agency, sold an agency. Um, I feel like that I've probably got quite a bit of knowledge to impart on people who are maybe in some stage of the journey that I've been through. Um, so that's a really big aspiration of mine, just to help others um, through all the things that I've learned, the things that have gone right, the things that have gone wrong. Um you know, so that that's a big one. And yeah, from a business perspective, I mean, it, it's a really interesting time to ask me that on day one of, uh, <laughs> of flight performance. But, you know, I'm obviously super excited about, about that and all we can achieve. I think, um, you know, Steve and all in the Flight Story team, they're in- incredible entrepreneurs, incredible marketers, incredible operators. Um, so I, I kind of... I feel like we're attaching our little rocket ship onto their massive rocket ship. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, to ride that wave. And really for us, it's like, it elevates our, um, it elevates our own kind of, uh, ceiling of what we think is possible within the company. Um, you know, the type of work we're doing, the type of brands we're doing, um, just, uh, just our vision and becomes bigger. Um, and, and as well, just to talk about the, the singular vision now of like, selling a company is is hard and time consuming so i think as well just being able to have that have that finished you know it's like a five six month process um so getting back to just doing what i love um which is yes building businesses but you know it's it's really talking about marketing talking about building teams um and 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 just really giving giving my full focus behind everything we're doing at, at flight performance I love it. Thank you for sharing, Daniel. It's been awesome having you on the show. And uh, I'll have to tune into Bite Size and see what you guys are doing. It'll be cool to see just like, you know, you telling and sharing some of the story about what's happening after getting acquired as an agency and joining such a big team, joining the rocket ship. Uh, I hope you share some of that on there. Because uh, as another agency owner, it's something, you know, very interesting to me. Uh, yeah. And something very real and relevant, too. I think there's a lot of uh, people out there that would... That would um, really like to hear just kind of like what that means like to bolt onto a a big rocket ship and what that looks like and how you got there um thanks again hustlers for tuning in and thanks again to our sponsor fullscale.io um you need to hire software engineers testers or leaders let fullscale help they have the people on the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts at fullscale they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you learn more when you visit fullscale.io daniel thanks again for being on the show um we'll see you next time thanks man Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.